0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters, May 3rd. Read it, PG 13. Folks, tracking the storm. Oh, Matt, actually,
1: hold on, hold on. Let's talk about the elephant in the room before we really get going here. What's up? We here at track in the storm. We pride ourselves on integrity and we try to be honest with you guys. And and I just, I can't sit with this. We were told, we expected to have Duke on the podcast tonight. And instead we're stuck with this dude. Thanks a lot. Sterlo. I'm sorry to let you down boys.
0: Well, okay. folks, before I was rudely interrupted, I was going to cut a promo. Folks, Tracking the Storm is a cool podcast hosted tonight by three cool people. People so cool that they talk about a cool sport played on cool ice. Three cool guys that are not quite influencer cool, but still pretty cool. Welcome to the Tracking the Storm podcast.
1: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. We have three non-influencer hockey talkers here. (laughs) My name is Brandon Stanley. I'm joined by Matt Soma, as pretty much always. And tonight, we are very excited to welcome not Duke onto the podcast. We feel very lied to, but at the same time, we're excited to have our boy. You know him as Kane Stats. We know him. Well, mostly also as Kane Stats, but also as Sterlo. (laughs) What's up, buddy? Welcome. Thanks for coming on and uh, hanging out with us for a little bit tonight. Thanks
2: for having me. I'm glad I can make the podcast a little bit cooler by you guys getting rid of Alex for a week, so I appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) He's trying to earn a a permanent spot here, immediately ragging (laughs) on Alex. He's kind of stealing my thunder, but at the same time, we we readily appreciate that for sure.
0: We'll Um, let it slide this time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, we... As of recording, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there, by the way. I have to work all like all day tomorrow, so I don't know when this is going out. But the draft is starting tomorrow as of this recording. I don't know why the hell they decided to start it on a Thursday. Um, mostly, we've already had our draft conversation here last week. And, uh, yeah, it's a, we don't have a whole lot to add to that, probably. But there is a lot going around the hockey world right now. And, and <laughs> man, free agency hasn't even really started. Well, it hasn't started yet. and. There are all kinds of crazy names being thrown around. We'll probably get into that a little bit later on. Um, there's actually an interesting little poll I saw t- tweeted about earlier that I want to get to. And, uh, yeah, lots of stuff. But first, I actually do kind of want to start on what unfortunately is a little bit of a heavier note. And it, it probably needs talking about. And that, that's uh, Philadelphia goaltender Ivan Fedotov. We kind of only gotten bits and pieces in one very scary photo at this point. But needless to say, pretty shitty situation. Um, guy was trying to get over here to the United States to go play in the NHL or try to get to the NHL. And, yeah, obviously we know all about the Russian situation at this point. But now we're even getting another name, Kirill Kaprizov, getting thrown around. And a lot of questions in the air about that as well. We see Michael Russo, who does a really good job covering the Minnesota Wild. Um, He's saying that there's really nothing known at this point. And Billy and their GMs, kind of saying, I don't know. But obviously this is important because tomorrow's the draft. There's a lot of Russian prospects. It's going to be interesting to see how that situation out unfolds with how teams are going to handle those Russian prospects. But also, like, how many Russian players are there in the NHL? And and this is just a scary situation. I mean, you think about it right here in Carolina. We have Andrei Svechnikov. I'm guessing he's just going to stay here. Hopefully he's just not going to Russia. I don't know. But I, I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this and talk about it a little bit, because it, it is something that needs to be talked about probably.
0: So Ivan Fedotov has been detained for allegedly evading military service. The situations around it is obviously pretty sketchy. Um, but from my understanding, I guess people playing for – cheska or cska in the khl are technically a part of the military for yeah. whatever reason um i've said before on this podcast that hockey in russia is very political and that's about as political as you can get like they they played like when the uh invasion of ukraine happened they play, played behind a banner that said putin our president like in huge letters behind their bench like They weren't exactly trying to hide it, you know? Um, So players over there are a part of the military if they play for that team. And I guess Ivan Fedotov allegedly obtained forged military documents. Again, the whole situation around it seems super sketchy. Um, Kirill Kaprizov obviously played for that team as well. I did research today, which was uh, as in, like, I looked at elite prospects. Um, Svech played for Akbar's Kazan, which means that he's fine. It won't affect him in any way. But Are you you
1: sure? Like, I don't know, man. It's just the whole situation.
0: It's not going to affect any player currently in the Kane system. Right. Um, The only players that it will affect are obviously the ones that are NHL-bound and it does have some pretty big draft um, implications. There's, there's three players from their MHL team, uh, which is the Russian U-20 league, that could get drafted, and Vladimir Gretanin, Artyom Duda, and Kirill Dolzhenkov. Those are three players that sh- should get drafted, but now that this has happened, it wouldn't surprise me if some team like decided to throw a late round pick at one of those players in the hopes that, you know, this eventually just come becomes a non-issue, but it wouldn't surprise me in the same sense if those players don't get drafted because NHL teams are like, hell no, we're never getting them to come over now.
2: I think the one thing that kind of throws a curveball into a lot of hockey teams is obviously there's a lot of Russians in the NHL. Um I read the Russo report and there's a lot of reporters, not reporters, but people with the team saying, Hey, don't go home. And I think it puts a lot of fear in the Russian players in the NHL on, Hey, if this is happening to Kaprizov, who, I mean, he was a big deal. He was the KHL point leader, I believe at one point or goal scorer leader. He was going to be the next big thing for Russia. If they can do this to Kaprizov, if they can do these things to players like Panarin, then, who, like, obviously, I don't think Ovechkin or Malkin are at risk or anybody, like, the bigger names, but, like, the younger players. Ovi's busy. I would be scared.
1: Soccer and hanging out with his buddy Putin anyway. Which I was actually going to bring that up in a minute. Didn't mean to interrupt you, but.
2: No. That's another. Uh, I,
1: there's a lot going on,
2: and I would be kind of scared to be a Russian player in the NHL because, you know, they have families at home. You know, they have uh, people at home that are probably – influenced by the decisions that they make if they go home or they stay um obviously it's an ongoing situation with the war in Ukraine and everything going on but I think it's something that I don't think we're going to know exactly how the NHL or the IIHF or anybody's going to handle it until I guess we'll see what happens there's a lot going on it's a lot of moving pieces so I guess we'll see what happens with it all
0: well wasn't Russia like kicked out by the IIHF? they
2: were
1: so,
0: Belarus. so the IIHF doesn't have any I don't want to say jurisdiction because that that's like wrong but like they don't have any authority over Russian hockey anymore so I believe this is, it's just this a temporary ban as well sure but this is why I said like like think about the CHL import draft banning Russian players you're just giving Russian hockey what they want Like, oh no, we get to keep our players and develop them in our own Russian leagues. Like, whatever will we do? No, don't do that. It's like the, it's like uh, from the original Willy Wonka, like, no, stop, don't. (laughs) Like, it's the same thing. You're just giving Russian hockey what they want, which is to develop their own Russian players and establish a dominant Russian league. Because the KHL is no longer what it was. Like, originally when it started, it was supposed to be this dominant league that could legitimately contend with the NHL. And we've seen by most KHL free, free agents that come over that that's not the case. So,
1: well, like I said, it's a scary situation. And, and you know, I, I won't rag anymore on Oveskin here. It, it does kind of suck to the, you know, degree that he he is – when you think of Russian hockey players, obviously he's one of the all-time greats, so he's going to be one of the first guys you think of. So it's kind of frustrating to see him not speak out against any of this, and I'm called bullshit every time I see somebody say, oh, but his family's there and stuff. I, it just doesn't
0: hold. I, I mean, I <laughs> – Ovechkin does not give a damn because that's, that's he's good. probably getting paid by Russia to be pro-Russian. Probably. I so. mean, he I hasn't don't.
2: changed his Instagram photo even after right. his
0: uh, public speaking on it. So
1: I think that speaks volumes. Yeah. And even the public speaking, what was he was like? Oh, it's just tough. That's like all he really said. Yeah. yeah. He,
0: he gave a very non answer that was yeah. very much like, hey, listen, I support Putin, but I'm not going to outright say it because that's not what people want to hear. Like some PR guy probably pulled him over. Like, The PR person's like sweating and shaking with Alex for whatever you do, for God's sake. If you, if you don't have anything good to say, just say nothing. And yeah, he's, he's scoring goals in the Russian soccer league. Who gives a shit, man?
1: Congratulations.
0: Yeah, I was going to say,
1: yeah. (laughs) I didn't want to spend too much time here, but again, it is an important thing and it is something that directly impacts the game that we love. So
0: it was something worth talking about for sure. Let's get the fun topic out of the way. (laughs) I do want to talk about the draft a little bit, but not in the sense of like who we should draft. I want to get at Kane's stats, opinions on how many draft day trades he expects the Canes to make. (laughs) and how many of those actually involve a player um that's a good
2: question i was under the assumption that ethan bear was going to be traded before the draft i think if we're trading any player before the draft that it's going to be ethan bear even if it's a day two trade i expect him probably to be dealt before free agency to kind of get a better understanding of where our money is and our finances before uh free agency starts and to get an extra pick that we can trade for two or three extra picks during the draft which is what we like to do so
0: um, i was gonna say would it surprise you if we get like a third round pick and then flip that third for like two fourths or a fourth and a fifth
2: with this draft i don't know many of the prospects but from understanding the understanding that I'm getting, it's not that deep of a draft, meaning I think if we were to get that third-round pick hypothetically, of course, and trade it for two-fourths and a fifth or just keep doing that, the more prospects that we get, the better chance of one of them paying off. So I wouldn't be surprised at all with our recent history
1: with the amount of trades that we have been doing on draft day. That, And I wouldn't be surprised to see them flip picks for picks next year. I mean, to some degree – a it's just a better draft especially at the top but b that is capital that they'd be able to use after the draft for whatever traded, you know whatever player they want to trade for this year so I, I am interested to see what they do with ethan bear because i do still think he's a pretty good player and i think some savvy gm could take a chance on him and get a pretty nice reward out of it for a pretty cheap cost um and and marty natius i'm still interested to see what they do with him man i, I think It's probably not super likely that it happens uh, during the draft. It it would probably come after, you know, into free agency when the Hurricanes get a little better idea of where things stand with, you know, who they could get, who they could be available to them. But he's, you know, I feel like the opportunity is still there. And I I do think there's still a chance he ends up in Carolina again, although it is small, but I I still think he's their best trade chip and the easiest player for them to say, Hey, you know, center a package around him. Let me ask you this
2: actually about Nates. What do you think a contract for Nates looks like? Fuck
1: fun. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's so tricky because it, it depends on the length for one. Um, I, I don't think he's going to get anything more than like three years would be the absolute max, but I, I'm expecting one or two. Um, especially that would just work best for both sides because you're not going to go long term, especially with the season he's coming off of. He probably thinks he's got more than that in him. Well, he knows he's got more than that in him because he's done it in the past, right? So he's not going to try to sign a contract coming off probably his worst year of his career. So it's got to be a shorter deal. What, maybe four and a half, five million at most, maybe even less than that.
2: That's that's actually exactly what I wrote down as far as what I think his value is. And when I was writing that down, I tried to play with the pieces to figure out is it financially worth it for the Hurricanes to? keep Natchez on the books for two or three years at $5 million, hypothetically, or would it be better to flip him and try to find another winger as somebody reported Pauly
1: Would it be worth it to flip something like Pauly for Natchez? I think either if you keep Natchez or if you trade for Pauly you're betting on upside. And I think the Hurricanes are at a point where they need to stop betting on upside and hoping something hits.
0: Yeah, they need to stop making these like shrewd moves, and then and they just need to do it. Yeah, I have a uh, counter to the Nates contract value. Let's hear it. I'm looking at Elias Lindholm's bridge deal with the Carolina Hurricanes that he signed in 2016.
1: I wish he was still here.
0: (laughs) It was a two-year contract worth 2.7 million dollars a season. That is fair value for Martin Nates. You tell him, you two are at the same, virtually the same point in your career. And actually, Martine, you're a little older than Lindholm was. So you should be better. And you say, we gave him this contract back then. You take this value or we will find another home for you. Because there's no way I'm giving Natus more than 3.5 right now. We've seen, what's his, what's his career high in points? Does anybody know like off the top of your head, i can i do not so martin nature's career high in points was 41 set last year in 53 games which was great that's like he had a hell of a season last it's like a 65
1: point pace
0: yeah then he had 40 and 78 this year like for a 40 point winger like sure i can i can i can sit here and say like okay yeah this, you know what like nature's probably deserves like 3.5 3.5 million, but he doesn't offer anything defensively. Now, let me look at Elias Lindholm. In his third NHL season, Lindholm had a career high of 39 points, and he's, he was two years younger, I want to say. Yeah, he was right? It's fair to year, say that two, Lindholm
2: didn't have the quality of talent around him either.
0: That too. So that, Well, that's what I'm getting at. So, Lindholm was two years younger – and had a really awful team around him and got $2.7 million. So that's why I'm like, nature's at most, like due to the cap going up since, you know, the 2016 season, at most 3.5 is what I'm offering him. That sounds harsh, but like, there's no way if he wants four, like, sorry, ship him off to freaking Arizona or whatever. Like he's not getting that here.
2: Are you saying that's our way of getting Jacob, chicken
0: <laughs> i think it, well the canes were rumored to be in on a defenseman via trade <laughs> i still don't know how that's possible to be honest with you
1: um about that actually the i mean i don't hate it makes it to, the only way it makes sense to me is if d'angelo is walking
0: and i think he is he's been given permission to talk to other teams
1: well the canes do that a lot though so they could do that they say go gauge your market and come back to us and let us at least see if we want to match it or not
0: yeah personally I'd be okay with D'Angelo walking.
1: Yeah, no shit.
0: I, I mean, again, he's another player whose rights I could see the Canes moving the draft
1: for all his like offensive ability. I, I still just think it's a detriment to the team to have him on your first pairing alongside Jacob Slavin. Slavin's season was good offensively, but a lot of his defensive metrics were pretty significantly down. And I know a lot of those do account for like your partner, but at the same time, I, I don't think you could have watched him last year and not like said there's a direct correlation there. But I think this is a good segue then.
2: If Tony D'Angelo does decide to walk or we move his rights to another team, who fills the hole for Slavin? Or who fills the hole with Slavin, I should say.
1: It's, it's, it's got to be an acquisition, right? Like there's no, there's nobody, in, unless Scott, and this isn't going to happen, unless Scott Morrow's ready. And he's not. He's not. So, exactly. So,
0: and the I, reason I don't want to say Chikrin is he's a left-handed defenseman.
1: I don't care, man. You get me, Jacob Chickering, and Jacob Slavin together. I don't give a shit who has to play on their offside. That's a hell of a- <laughs> I mean
0: yeah, that's, that's true,
1: would, but like it's a nice problem to have at that point. One of them would make it work. I can I'm pretty confident in that.
0: So do you do you go for maybe like a John Klingberg?
2: That so here's the thing about Klingberg. I'm a huge fan of Klingberg personally. He fills the spot for us where we would be able to use him on the PowerPoint. So way not the best position. defensively. He's not the best defensively, but he's viable. But he's going contract is just way too much financially for the Hurricanes to even give a consideration for. Yeah. He's about to make so much damn money, and I don't know if it's worth it. I yeah. do like the player, but he would have been a nice like trade acquisition for the hurricane deadline and tried to get a contract figured out then. Than to try to battle at free agency for it.
1: Yeah, and, and you know I hate to even go back to this. We talk about how bad the Hurricanes' deadline was in retrospect, and we said it at the time. We were like had this like very faint hope that Domi would all of a sudden like snap back into the seventy-five point player he once was, but I, it still annoys me that they didn't do more. Anyway, I, we shouldn't even go back to that. But <laughs> who was is, who is the worst trade line like deadline
2: acquisition? Josh Joris or Matt Domi? <laughs> Oh, my God,
1: Josh Joris. So, no, was, Josh Joris was
0: traded for Greg McKegg. At least he stuck around. A
1: legend. George was here for and a while, too.
0: Both players have won as many playoff series for the Hurricanes. <laughs> McKeg won the Islanders series, technically. And Domi, I believe, had the game-winning goal in game uh, yeah. seven. against the an awesome Braves. game in game seven. Seven.
1: Ruins. That's right. I, I, I have we not seen reports. I, I feel like I like very briefly saw it, but I kind of glossed over it. But was there not reports that uh, the Hurricanes were actually talking to Domi about bringing him back?
0: So there's always reports about every team wanting to bring every player back because, like, you know, unless your team's really bad, like, you want to replicate what success you had during the regular season, right? Sure. You also don't want to overpay amount for a player in free agency, which happens 90% of the time. I mean, remember when Kyle Oposo and Louis Erickson were like the top free agents? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was also the summer that Nuan Lucic and Andre uh, Sacaro were free agents. Right. Can we talk about how like, and Sterlo, you and I were talking before the podcast about like how historically awful the Canes have been in free agency. And part of it I is it's, the it's big contracts. Say,
2: yeah, we signed big contracts for players who don't pan out notoriously. Um, every defenseman ever that we've signed at free agency didn't seem to pan out. We make the moves like where we signed Ray Whitney to a $3 million total deal 1.5 for two years and it pans out. But it's like the majority of our... Huge contract signings just do not pan out.
0: It's like, like take a look at this this past year. We got the goalies worked out, right? The D'Angelo deal worked out. The, uh, yeah, I mean it worked out, but it was a one <laughs> million dollar deal. I don't think there was any way that it wouldn't work out unless he like. That's the one where everybody
2: talks about how great of a deal it is, but they don't talk about why the deal is what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to think. We had Ian Cole, Derek Stepon, Ethan Bear, I don't count as a free agency move because he wasn't like signed in free agency. We traded for him. And then Brendan Smith. That's right. That was the other one. I don't, I'm not going to count the Smith or Stepon deals because both were relatively cheap. Ian Cole didn't really work out for us. The goalies have, those were like the first free agent deals where I'm like, those absolutely worked out. Like, DeHaan, DeZingle, signed him back-to-back seasons, both gone within a year, two years. DeZingle was like a year and a half.
2: I feel like DeHaan wasn't really the issue. We put ourselves in a weird cap spot, and it just didn't make sense for us to keep him around.
0: Yeah. Oh, and then Jake Gardner. That's worked out yeah. splendidly for the Carolina
1: Hurricanes. <laughs> I remember the way people were talking about the Hurricanes before that season, too. It's like, dude, their defense insane. And it's just kind of fizzled pretty quickly, to be honest.
0: Can we talk for a second about the, like, the, the uh, 2016? I brought that up. I want to talk about the 2016 offseason.
1: Why are y'all this asking is, questions? Stop asking and just fucking bring it up. This God is man. a cautionary
0: tale for people who are wanting the Kings to spend big money in free agency. I'm just going to walk you all through like a list of the bad contracts. And I just oh, want your honest. Almost
1: track. every sport, every offseason, the big winner, almost every single year, it never seems to work out. The like biggest spender that always like puts all their money down. It <sighs> almost, there's very, very few instances where that team like really hits or like becomes the best team in the league. Just throwing that yeah. out there.
0: So the first bad contract, Mikel Bodker signing a four year 4 million deal with San Jose. <laughs> matt martin signing a four-year 2.5 million dollar deal with toronto oh <laughs> uh, that was the year we signed lee stepniak to a two-year 2.5 million dollar deal oh, i like
1: stepniak <laughs> five million dollars we gave him that's a lot of money okay
0: yeah jamie mcginn signing a three-year 3.33 million dollar contract uh, let's see. We've got Jason Chimera, two years for 2.25 in New York. We Troy kind of Brower. A little... here's, here's a good one. Troy Brower signing four years, 4.5 in Calgary. Yeah. Kyle Oposo, do... seven years, $6 million for Buffalo. Legendary contract. <laughs> David Backus, five years, $6 million with Boston.
1: Oh, that was a bad one.
0: Louis Erickson signing six million dollars for six years in Vancouver. Naturally,
1: that was a legend, right there.
0: Franz Nielsen 5.25 by six years.
1: Oh, that is a lot of very, very bad contracts. Milan,
0: Lu- oh, I'm not even done. Milan Lucic six million for seven years. Andrew Ladd 5.5 million dollars for seven years with the New York Islanders. God. James Reimer, that was his five-year contract worth $3.4 million, which they then traded to the Carolina Hurricanes just to buy out Scott Darling. <laughs> Darren Helm, who who just won a Stanley Cup and was a really good role player, but there's no reason he should have gotten five years for 3.5 with Detroit in 2016. You know? Yeah. Clearly. It was actually my player. next
2: segue point. Did you know? At a free agency last year, Darren Helm is the only player that Colorado signed.
0: <laughs> which is which is only awesome. Player. Like Colorado's a team that did not need to do much because, like, I, I'm pretty sure right before free agency, they signed or they traded for Devontaes. Am I right? Mm-hmm. I think they upgraded from Brian Graves to Devontaes, which is a very good upgrade. So Darren Helm being the only player they signed, like clearly shows that you should not try and build through free agency. I mean, look at Nashville. Nashville is a team that always makes a big move, I feel like, in free agency. Where is Nashville?
1: Okay. But see, here's the difference to me. And you're right that they didn't need much, but it, it doesn't feel like the Hurricanes are as close right now as the Colorado Avalanche were last year. They don't quite have the same star power ups up top, just because very few teams do have the star power to match the Avalanche. And they don't really need it. They just need that sniper, dude. Like, that's that's still so obvious to me as the, the missing link. Like, well, Let me ask you this. Is that
2: person available at free agency? I don't – I mean, Bill Forsberg – Within our budget. Within our budget.
0: Within right. our budget, no. And right. for what we should pay for them, no. Like, some so, team is going to offer Johnny Gaudreau and Philip Forsberg, like, stupid contracts.
1: Yeah, they're both going to get, like – We're talking,
0: like, seven by, like – 10 maybe even $11. Yeah, they're going to get $1
1: million. I would say they both get $10 million on the open market unless they, they really, you know, both of those guys haven't really won in their careers. Like, they probably want to actually compete for a Stanley Cup, so there is always that chance. Like, let's be real. A $6.5 million contract is a shitload of money, especially over a lot of years. Like, I, I know pro athletes don't really think like that, but there are cases where a guy will take at least a little bit less in order to go for a Stanley cup. So, you know, you never really know the hurricane is going to have to go out there and figure it out. But at the same time, cap gymnastics, maybe you just have to give away a little bit and figure out a salary to dump, get Jake Gardner's contract off the books, get, well, they need to do that anyway, probably, but there's always a way, right? It's just, on the spread, with show, our team it makes sense.
2: <laughs> I think if you look at like the Domi trade line or the trade deadline deal with Domi, that just shows the type of team that Hurricanes yeah. want to play with. As far as cap gymnastics, we yeah. look for creative solutions to try to fill voids. We're not going to go out there and spend nine million dollars times seven for a Philip Forsberg because it doesn't fit the style or system financially that we want to build around. We are going to build around, I could see us, I just bringing up, I could see us building around a player like Claude Giroux for a short-term deal. He's not going to require a long-term deal. You can get him for short-term, you can pay him a little bit of money, and he fills the void for the spot we need him for. Yeah. I don't see us going out there and making a big splash and signing all these players because it just does not make sense.
1: Okay, so I, I did kind of mention earlier that I wanted to bring up a poll that Andrew Schnicker, our good buddy, um, put out earlier today. He was talking about if you think the Hurricanes would be a better team next year if they let Nino and Trocheck walk, and then we're going to bring in Evgeny Malkin, Jesse poyi and Claude Giroux. Now, personally, I think it's kind of crazy that some people are like, I don't think so because – You've, I mean, I, I guess there's always that disclaimer of if they can't stay healthy, or in Malcolm especially. But when Malcolm was on the ice last year, the dude was a tank. He was literally showed pretty much zero sign of decline. And, yeah, I guess there's also that off chance that it that decline hits, like, a ton of bricks, and all of a sudden he goes from, like, a 90-point player to, like, a 51, I, I guess, maybe. But there's no way – you look at who Claude Giroux and Evgeny Malkin last year and think this decline is so steep that those two guys don't make the Hurricanes a better team. Now, Nino is obviously going to be a huge loss if he does go somewhere else because he is such a archetype that the Hurricanes don't really have elsewhere, not much of anyway. And you're not really getting that with either of those two guys. But... I do think it makes some sense to go for a veteran like that on a short-term deal. And, and maybe you hope that's the missing piece. And that a guy like Seth Jarvis and a guy like Andre Svechnikov can take a big step forward next year. Cause then maybe you are in business. So
2: I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret about me. And one of my huge pet peeves about players is when people claim that they're injury prone. <laughs> when a player like Malkin is still producing even though he's, I think he only played like 66% of the games the last three years, when he's producing at a volume that he's still producing at and people bring up injury concerns, yeah, like there should be concerns. There's any player in the NHL. Any player in any sport can get hurt at any time and their career can be over. No NHL team is going out there and saying, Malkin's injury prone. Maybe we shouldn't offer him a deal since he's going to be injured. No, they say, hey, look, it's Evgeny Malkin. He's producing these kind of numbers. What do you think we could get him at? Yeah. Like, that was the big concern in our offseason. And maybe it bit us in the butt with our goaltending. Everybody said, we have Anderson. We have Ronta. Can they stay healthy, though? We have the biggest injury concern goalie tandem in the league. They won the Jennings trophy. And then in the playoffs, they did get injured. So it's like, does one make up for the other? I don't think so.
0: So for me, I said it's very possible that this Kane's team is better with those players rather than Nino and Trocek. But if you're also losing Natchez, I, I don't think that adding, like, say, Pugliarvi and Giroux or Pugliarvi and Malkin would make this team better. I, I think... Makes the team just as good. But I still think the team needs, you know, those extra. They need something else because if you're losing three 40 plus point players, yes, adding Malkin, if he can produce at like a 50 to 60 point pace, that's awesome. If you can get essentially replacing 60 goals. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get Jarvis fetch if you can hit, get fetch to hit 70 75 points which i think is pretty reasonable given he had you know 69 this past year nice. jarvis is obviously going to take a step forward because he's going to be in the lineup consistently so he can it's possible he hits 50 points so you can make up some of the difference with that but you can't make up all of the difference with that your defense is still going to have to improve because you let up too many goals so the offense is going to get better more than likely but there's the question of the defense.
1: Yeah. And so, and this is a point i kind of made and I'm kind of agreeing with you here. It's like, I still don't mind taking a chance on a player like Puyo Yarby, who has a ton of potential still. Um, but that can't be like your, your move. Like, it's like, okay, we added Yessi Puyo Yarby. And then, you know, even if you just say re-sign Nita Ryder and bring Natchez back, like, if I'm the Hurricanes, you have to do more than that. Like, it has to be, you know, one of those shrewd moves, but you're going to have to, you know, maybe Jacob Chigron. Maybe it is Malkin. Maybe whoever, Giroux on a short term deal who they're, you know, reported to be interested in. I don't, I don't know. Hey, that's why they get paid the big bucks. I trust Tulski's little spreadsheet, like I alluded to a few minutes ago. But I, I, I it's there, there's so many possibilities here, and I don't know what the hell they're going to do, but this is a big opportunity for the Hurricanes. This is a sentiment that I've repeated multiple times. Like this offseason is a huge, huge opportunity. And it's just one that it really feels like they need to not mess up. (laughs) Before we finish up today's podcast, Tracking the Storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So we're going to take one quick moment get away from DraftKings. Your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Shoot the show notes of wherever you get our podcast for important details. The funny thing about it
2: is also is every single time like we can talk free agency or trade deadline moves or anything, no matter what, the canes always go out there and do like the exact opposite move of what we're expecting them to do. Like they always go out there and try something that's kind of off the wall, whether it's the offer sheet or whether it's trading Fogle for Ethan Bear, like they always just pull out moves to fill depth that makes financial sense. So So they're going to trade
1: for, um, for a defenseman, right?
2: (laughs) I think you're trying to rob me up on that one.
0: So I have a, I have a question for you guys. I wanted to get this in just a few minutes ago. I've got two questions, but I'll save the one for a little later. Who is the bigger former future team? Adam Larson or Jesse (laughs) Pugliarmi?
2: Uh Malkin.
0: Malkin. Ah, okay. <laughs> I,
2: don't I feel know. like there's a there's a That's very a brief league. period of time where everybody thought we were going to get Adam Larson. Like and everybody wanted
0: goes- to, and they were projecting trades for him and all this crap. That's what you're supposed to do. And it's been like that for years with Pouliari. Like ever since he broke into the league and like started struggling, I feel like everybody's been like the Kings are trade for him. Well,
1: he was Finnish and he once played with Aho or talked to Aho. I can't remember which. So,
0: um, he played, which with is Aho also at why we're, we're G- trading G- for
1: Line now.
0: Yes, we're trading for Patrick Liney because he has met Sebastian Aho once in his life. I uh, hear we're also going to have Hari Aho play on our third pair this year. He's going to leave Carpot because he maybe knows Sebastian Aho pretty well.
1: Maybe he's replacing Jeff
2: Daniels. Uh, Timu Solani is going to come in and coach.
0: Hurricanes? <laughs> yeah. Well, given his, um, his opinions on immigrants, it wouldn't necessarily surprise <laughs> me if the Hurricanes gave him a contract.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: And you wonder why we don't get influencer shirts. Uh, oh, my gosh. There's probably quite a few reasons why we don't get that. That's right. If you're still listening to this podcast, by the way, add us with what you think our toxic trait is why you can't achieve influencer status. I know mine is absolutely my usage of the rock.
1: <laughs> Shut up, bitch.
0: You, you do that voice so terrible. I know I can't do the one eyebrow raise. I saw you trying to do oh, it. No, I, I can't, can't do it. I can't do it either. Yeah, I can't. I can't fucking do it. Nope. Um, my second funny question for you guys is, which team is going to spend a stupid amount of money in free agency this year? and still be bad. And why is it the New Jersey Devils?
1: I was going to say Ron Francis is still there.
2: I think New Jersey's a, they're they're such a weird and interesting predicament because it's like they want to compete and they want to spend money, but then they also have to sign uh, Yesker Pratt, and it's like what what are they going to do? But also so they he, have they're he, in a really a good spot question, as well because their draft position they have so much like they can they're going to walk away with the superstar no matter what are they going to trade away that pick for something stupid
0: here's the, here's the question then do you try and trade for brat i wouldn't the hurricanes the yeah
2: hurricanes i mean
1: what are you going to trade for him though
2: yeah the issue i think is what is it worth for us? Like, does it make sense for us to
1: trade for Brock?
0: If it's like a swap for like Natchez plus?
1: No, it's going to take a lot more than Natchez, and they don't have a first-round pick this year to sweeten it. it. Natchez in a first in this year's draft might have done it, but...
0: Does New Jersey need a first in this year's draft?
1: No, but... What it's if like...
0: it's like Natchez plus Moro? Hmm.
1: I don't think the hurricane Or maybe not
0: Moro because I... New Jersey still has Hamilton for like six years.
2: <laughs> i think new jersey gets a better deal from a
0: different team yeah yeah that's possible i'm just saying like if you're the canes like might not be a bad idea to at least explore it
1: yeah but i mean hell the hurricanes are reportedly exploring every freaking player in the nhl right now
0: because breaking news <laughs> every team has inquired about every player
1: <laughs> yeah. i
2: read about it on nhl rumors daily so <laughs> it must be true
0: tarasenko man you know what here's here's a psa yeah here tarasenko is another excellent former future kane by the way (laughs) love that (laughs) um i do want to say as a psa to all kane's fans if you see a a thing coming from any account that has rumors in its name do not trust that account (laughs) Because their source is probably some guy at a bar just going, trust me, bro, I swear. Or they're just making stuff up for likes.
1: My sources.
0: My my sources are telling me that this team has inquired about this top player. I would hope so.
2: (laughs) They literally just write tweets. They're worse than the NHL rumors bot. Like NHL rumors bot, I feel like, is more accurate than NHL rumors daily.
1: Uh, according to the rumors about the Hurricanes have signed Connor McDavid like six times by now. So, Any day now.
0: <laughs> future Kane. Since Future Canes is not here, do you want to do a former Future Cane like Hall of Fame? <laughs> we Obviously, Jesse Pugliardi, Adam Larson, Vladimir Tarasenko. I'm going to throw Matt Duchesne in there. That's a big one. Oh my
2: gosh, dude. I thought we were getting Taylor Matt Hall. Duchesne for the longest time. Taylor Hall
1: twice.
0: Taylor Hall, that's a good one. Weiss. <laughs> you know what? I'll go with another another player that was a former Avalanche. Remember when people really wanted Gabriel Landeskog?
1: Dude, I wanted him bad.
0: Bad. Yeah. Bad. bad. So that's that's a – I mean, I still do. I'm not going to lie. But, like, <laughs> you know, this is – again, we're talking, like, former future Kane. So it's like we set these crazy expectations. Oh, here, here's a fun one. Yaramir Yagar oh i remember that one that was short-lived well because and the whole reason it got blown out of proportion is because uh rutherford teased this big move in free agency and everybody was like freaking out like oh my god it's gonna be yager or zach parisi who at the time like that was the big free agent and it was ron hainsey Uh, I almost missed the old
1: days of being a Hurricanes fan. because no- It was like you had so
0: much hope.
1: Like, the team sucks. It was like, so okay.
0: poorly placed.
1: <laughs>
2: We're uh, like, man, we got Nathan Gerby. It's going to be a great year.
0: <laughs> and I remember when we signed Lee Stepniak to a two-year deal, everybody was like, well, the Hurricanes are guaranteed to have a good trade deadline because they're guaranteed like at least a second-round pick for Lee Stepniak. <laughs> <laughs> and not only did we not trade him we we paid a fifth round pick to protect him at the expansion draft oh that's and right played like 10 oh. games for us the next season
2: i'm trying to remember who was it that we traded i'm blanking out right now we traded to the kings it was the infamous day where eric Stahl got traded and we pulled him out mid-game chris, like, Stieg. chris for steeg chris steeg we ended up
0: getting a second round pick for him too no, we got Valentin Zikov, who was a second round pick. Did we get a first for him? No, so the player, so the trade you're thinking of is when we traded Andre Sakara to the Kings. Sequeira. We got yeah. Prince Pretty, Kane's legend, <laughs> by the way. That's a bit that should come back.
1: What's he up to these days?
0: I think he was playing for uh, Colorado's affiliate. Not sure though. And then we got the first round pick that turned into Julian Gautier. By the way, that he's gone. Hate him. Um, <laughs> future game, it was Zikov in a fifth round pick, and I don't think we ended up getting the fifth round pick because Versteeg didn't re sign in LA. I want to say, but like, Zikov's another player where we all had ridiculously high hopes for. Like, well, he came Stefan up, Stefan Nason like... had 50 goals in the AHL this year, which means he's going to be a hundred point player at the <laughs> NHL, level <laughs> right. right, we should I sign think him to Kings? a seven
2: year deal. 2.5 million. I don't see why not.
0: Yeah, exactly. We'll just give him like triple the amount of money he was making this past year at the NHL level with zero basis for that. We'll call it good. Well, didn't Zikov
1: come up with, uh, and, and like they put him on uh, hose line like immediately. So he just like. Yeah, and he,
0: he literally could not skate.
1: Yeah, but he just parked his big ass in front of the net and got fed and scored. So in, was, like in two oh, games in exactly his call up.
0: Yeah. In, like, two games in his call-up.
1: Right, exactly. So that's, <laughs> that's another cautionary tale. You know how many, like, Hurricanes players have come up and, like, right off the bat, Brad Defau,
0: Warren Fogle had two goals in his first two games.
1: Exactly. He comes up. Brad Defoe scored two goals in his NHL debut, and I don't think – I don't know if he ever scored again. I don't know if you he guys even –
0: after that. Morgan Geeky. That's a great Five example. Five points in his first two games. Yep. Um – Who's the, who's the other one I'm thinking of? I'm a little worried that that's going to – we're going to – Jack Drury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we that, that one. Like, like, oh, no. I'm very worried that people are going to take Jack Drury's two-goal game against the Detroit Red Wings and view it as this kid could score 20 goals next year. I think he could score 20 goals next year. It might, I, I think he could. No.
1: Maybe so fifth, I think at the issue- best
0: you're getting – 40 points from him at best. I think think 15
1: goals and 25 assists is is totally doable. Maybe, maybe if you look at it, it. you look at it from the
2: standpoint of I'm not comparing him to Seth Jarvis, but I'm comparing the trajectory of how Jarvis's season worked, where he was on the fourth line for what seemed like months. And he had to earn that trust from Rod until he was finally, we had injuries and we're like, well, we got to put Jarvis on the top line. I think I could see a similar trajectory
1: a as far point. as jury season, but not with the point total or anything like that. I think it could be the same. Yeah. Cause I, I, I do think there's a chance that like, he's such a Brendan Moore player that maybe he gets a little quicker leash <laughs> like, but at the same time, I, I do think he's penciled into that 4C role and that's not really something I kind of took into account was where he's going to play and it's not going to be high in the lineup. Hey, if Kokoniemi shits the bed and he comes out and just doesn't, play well maybe there's a chance he gets bumped up sooner than later but I don't know I'm excited for Drury either way he's going to make a positive impact even if he doesn't score a lot but yeah maybe I should rein in my expectations for him as well
0: yeah so I think everybody should I think we've gone pretty long on this podcast. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to end it here because um, we've got a busy week. By the time this podcast comes out, it's very possible that the draft is done. And I'm like drinking because I've spent the entire day talking about the draft or (laughs) an entire like 48 hour span talking about the draft. We also have free agency coming up. That's probably going to get underway right around the time we record next week. But, Serlo, thank you for coming on. Tell the people where they can find you if you have anything big planned and the floor is yours. I have nothing planned. You can find me on Twitter at Kane
2: Stats, and you can also block me on Twitter at KaneStats.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Got it. All right. I will remember to do that. Um, is there anything that you would like to say to the people before you leave? Ladies and gentlemen, it's
2: a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan. Uh